Was the big Bitcoin run of 2017 caused by just one person? We've got a story that says it was and another that says it wasn't. Hey, we report, you decide. CZ predicts Bitcoin will hit $16,000 soon. Roger Ver says Bcash could be worth $5,000 someday. And Stellar Lumens stuns the altcoin world by burning nearly half of their supply. China appears to be embracing blockchain. A lottery winner takes half his winnings and buys Bitcoin. And we've got more on Jorg Molt, the German dude who once claimed to be Satoshi. You want news? We got it, and you're going to get it too. It's the bad news, episode number 331 of the Bad Crypto Podcast. Five, four, three, two, one, two, ignition. Who's bad? And welcome to the Bad Crypto Podcast, the show for the crypto curious and crypto serious. I'm Joel Kahn, and that's Travis Wright. <laughs> Travis. <laughs> Travis, what are you doing? What? Dude, what you, we're doing the show, man. This was bong crypto. No, man, we're doing the show now. This oh, is we're bad. doing the... Oh, wait, okay. Bad crypto. Hold on, yeah. it's It's the bad crypto. Hey, what's going on, Mr. Joel Kahn? <laughs> How you feeling, man? Hi. How are you doing? <laughs> well, there's a reason we're bad. There's actually a lot of reasons we're bad, but we're glad that you guys are here as card-carrying members or wannabe members of the Republic of Bad Cryptopia. This is our bad news episode where we share the news of the week. It could be good news. It could be bad news. But since we're bad, it's all bad news. There's a lot of good news this week, Mr. Jokom. A lot of interesting things that are happening in the world of cryptos. Mm -hmm. And we have got a lot of people that are messaging us because they're excited to get $25 in free Bitcoin. Say what? Uh-huh. What? Huh? How's this work? $25 in Bitcoin? Yep, that's right. Because our sponsor, eToro, that has a brilliant app that gives you access to the world's best cryptocurrencies, they have said, hey, if you guys send people our way and they open up a new account, in the United States of these Americas and deposit $50 into that account and then open a position in any of the 15 cryptocurrencies that are available through the eToro wallet that we, Bad Crypto, can then reward you $25 in Bitcoin. So all you got to do is invest 50 bucks and you immediately make a 50% return on your investment. That's a pretty good deal. It's pretty good. And I, I heard that uh, Jorg, Jorg was the guy that was going to give you guys the Bitcoin. Jorg, Jorg is not giving anybody anything. But Travis and myself are. Go to badco.in forward slash eToro and discover how you can get access to the world's best platform for trading cryptos today. Yeah. Well, I think it's really cool about it, as I, I love playing around with it, is the $100,000 in virtual trading feature that they have that allows you to sort of test all those things. And uh, you can have your real money over here working for you, but then you can just sort of test some theories out. And it turns out that my 100000 one, I'm killing it over there. On your on your fake one? Yeah. Uh, what, what are your What's your uh, portfolio? We started with $1,500 each yep. on our portfolio. I'm sitting at 15 or 1610 dollars right now so i'm up just a little bit what are you 1610 yeah so let me see what is the price of lumens right now i am up oh i am at 1619 
Oh, so you're up by nine dollars. Yeah. That's so great. well, it looks like this price of Stellar Lumens has come back down, back down to seven point five cents. So you it got up what? to like almost ten cents. Let's go ahead and, and talk about the top ten and the news today. Let's do the news. Timestamp November the 7th, 2019 at 2.50 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. The crypto market cap just under 250 billion Bitcoin, 9209. Ethereum 186. XRP 29 cents. B Cash 291. Tether a buck. Litecoin 6152. EOS $3.50. Binance $20. Bitcoin SV $132. And Stellar 7.5 cents to round out the top 10. Mm-hmm. And you know, it was interesting, and we're going to talk about this here. Well, I guess we're going to talk about it right now because it makes the most sense to talk about it now. Let's talk about it. Stellar, they burned, what, 50, million, 50 billion of their tokens. But, yeah. you know, but, so the price had a little bump, but right now there's only 20 billion in circulation. So all of those other ones were not in circulation yet. So didn't impact the price a whole lot. In fact, it popped up. It went up about 20 about 30% overall, but then it's come back down. So over the last week, it's up about 16%, which is good. EOS is up 6.5%. And and really, those are the those are the big winners this past week, those two. Oh, Tezos was up 40% this past week. Which is- yeah, I'm not sure what's going on there. But basically, let's talk about that Stellar story now. So the Stellar Development Foundation, otherwise known as the SDF, they announced a mandate for its network development stating that they burned over 55 billion XLM tokens. They had 85 billion that were earmarked for operations, giveaway programs, and partnership programs. They burned over 55 billion of them. So, Mm. you know, the supply, the potential supply of lumens dropped dramatically. Yeah, substantially. And right now the circulating supply is a little over 20 billion, but the maximum circulating supply was going to be like, what, 100 and some billion tokens. I don't remember 110 billion or something. Well, now we know. Now it's going to be the total. The total market cap, I think, is going to be 55 billion when it's all said and done. Yeah, they did cut it right in half. I've had SM XLM for quite some time, and you know we still have some to give away. I think in a future episode we'll probably uh, maybe we'll give away like 10 batches of 500 at a time until they're gone, Trav. Well, that'd be nice, but not Bro- yet. Not today. Not today. Someday. But someday. Yeah, I mean, we might wait till they're way more valuable because I believe personally, not a uh, financial advisor, that Stellar is going to be more valuable. Yeah, Stellar's doing a lot of stuff with IBM and some other companies are doing stuff with. Pretty nice. Pretty nice. Well, let's talk some Bitcoin news. There's an article on Cointelegraph that there's some Coinbase data showing that Bitcoin has outperformed the S&P 500 since 2013. This year alone, Bitcoin has had a return of 132%. The S&P 500, only 12%. NASDAQ, only 17%. The Europe 100, 11%. So Bitcoin seems to have, I mean, and it's definitely outperformed precious metals. Dude, like this to me doesn't even seem like it's news. It just seems like, duh. Like, do you remember how, how low the price was in 2013? What it hit, a, what, isn't that the year that it hit a thousand and went back down or it hit uh, like 200? Yeah. And it was at, then it went down to 200 bucks. So yeah, it got up to 20,000. It was at 200 bucks in 2010. Of course it outperformed the S&P 500. 
Look at this quote from earlier this year in February. Uh, Pompliano said, 99% cash and 1% Bitcoin over the last 10 years was a better investment than investing in the greatest stock market bull run in history. Wow. And he went on to say, crypto will outperform stocks for the next 10 years, too. I, I do, when I invest in the stock market, I do horrible. I mean, and it scares me a little bit right now as, you know, just a regular everyday investor because the market is so high, right? It's just, and I guess you could go back 10 years and say that then too, but we just keep hitting all time highs on the stock market. Well, I tell you, the stock market has always been one of those things like what once I realized that the Federal Reserve Bank was neither federal nor reserve and how money actually worked and then stocks, like it just seems to me like eventually it's just going to pop. And so knowing that in the year 2000, like I missed out on a whole lot of stock investment type of stuff where my gut instinct was telling me to do it. But I'm like, nope, look at this system. It's completely rigged and it's a fraud. And it was just that side of me just bothered me. But it's like, man, I just, it, you know, when, when my son was born in 2001, Apple was like $11 a share. And I was buying some with, uh, with one of those like Scott trade type of things or shareholder deals where it was just like every week it was just putting some money in. But then once upon a time, I just like, I just sold it all for XM radio. It's just, you know, made some decent profit, but man, I should have just kept pouring it in. But then just something about the market seems like it's going to eventually pop. It just seems like it's propped up knowing about all the debt. It's just knowing too much sometimes gives you knowledge paralysis. <laughs> you know, but I just went with my gut instinct. I could have been balling with Apple stock. But it's Always not. listen to your gut. I mean, your gut tells you when it's time for a cheeseburger and you listen. Yeah, I listen too often. Right. <laughs> so there's uh, there's some predictions going on out there. And just last week, CZ, the founder of Binance, said, and I quote, a price of $16,000 per Bitcoin will happen soonish. <laughs> I, I love the, you know, the specificity on the timing on that. Soonish. It was a tweet he put out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, think about it like this. When Bitcoin hit 20,000, there was the time where China had, you know, sort of put the kibosh on Bitcoin trading, was talking down on Bitcoin mining. Now you have the head of China going, wow, blockchain thing. Wow, we should, you know, all of our members should declare themselves on the blockchain as being part of the Communist Party. And blockchain should be used. And now we're seeing NEO taking off. And we're, yeah, I think that we're going to get ourselves into a scenario where if Bitcoin mining is not only not frowned upon in China, but fueled by the government of China, like, um, could you imagine, like, they're going to mine most of the rest of the Bitcoin, most likely. Uh, there's a lot of the biggest miners are already over there. I don't know. It's crazy. We're going to see how big this thing gets. It's, it's fun to watch it. But it's also, we got some news this week that we said that that original bull run of 2017, maybe that wasn't even real, Mr. Jokov. It, it may be. But let's talk about China a little bit more for a moment. Just okay. jump ahead here. There's this article on the UK Independent that says China is preparing for the launch of its own state-backed cryptocurrency. And here's what they're doing. They're removing posts online claiming that blockchain is a scam. This is a total change in policy, and, and President Xi is saying this is an important breakthrough and should be developed. So this is a big turnaround. This is a 180 
for China. And I, I'm still trying to remember who was it that we spoke with about a month ago that said, watch China, because when China says they're going all in in crypto, that's when the rest of the world is going to go, oh, crypto, uh, you know, yeah. fall behind. And that is going to be the thing that triggers the next bull run. Do you remember who it was we were talking to about that? No, I was sitting here thinking. I don't remember. I remember somebody said something. Was, who did say that? Some, that some was several months ago. That was several months ago. And somebody said, when China goes all in, that's when we know that it's time mm-hmm. for time. It's go time. I mean, think about it. Two billion people over there. Right. And if crypto, mm-hmm. if, if China's going all in on crypto and blockchain, then how does the rest of the world not respond? Oh, yeah. OK, China, you go do your thing. We're just going to sit back here and uh, wait for regulation. No. Like it's, I think it is going to trigger the rest of the world to say, well, we better do something. You know, it's one of those things too. And, and, and you can kind of see how China sort of looking at it and how, you know, uh, the president of China was talking about how they were having other members of the communist party declare their party membership on the blockchain, sort of a mandated sort of things. So you can see how blockchain, if not decentralized, if it's a very centralized, authoritarian, controlled type of thing, blockchain could get could potentially get dark because everything becomes on that blockchain and it's and it's transparent to those who are ruling you only. And there could be some there could be some crazy stuff that happens as a result of that. I prefer open when it starts getting decentralized and controlled by regimes. That's when some some things can get real. Well, apparently China also passed a law that goes into effect on the 1st of January next year aimed at facilitating the development of the cryptography business and ensuring the security of cyberspace and information. And then their state-backed crypto is expected to be released early in 2020. Uh, No dates yet. But a senior official has said it's close to being out. Yeah. Dude, the headline just cracks me up. China, 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 China bans anti-blockchain sentiment. It bans anti-whatever sentiment. That's crazy. Can you imagine like America saying Trump bans anti-right sentiment? Like yeah. You can't talk ridiculous. about it. Yeah, it's banned. It. You can't. Wow. They say this is sentiment that is you cannot ban this. Or, wow, you cannot be against this or you're done. That's just weird to me. Like, I don't know. Thank goodness we have, you know, we have freedom of speech here so far still. And according to multiple stories out there on the Internet, there's a paper out there that is purporting that it is just one person on Bitfinex that may have manipulated the price of Bitcoin in 2017 that allowed it to spike up to $20,000. Mm. Yeah, and it was it was really the uh, the University of Texas professor John Griffin and Ohio State University professor Amin Shams. They they had this paper: is is Bitcoin really untethered? And they were showing how transactions of Tether and Bitcoin were stored on the blockchains from 2017 to March uh, 2018, and there might have been some serious correlations with with a whale or a group of whales or one large player sort of toying with circulation and, and manipulating the price. And, you know, the price, as quick as it skyrocketed, Mr. Jokom, in, uh, you know, December of, of 2017, like it was like 5,000. Then the next thing you know, it was at 10, 15, 20 pop. And then from the time that it popped, 
about 30 days later, the market was down over $550 billion in market value. Mm. I mean, that was the quickest run up and the run down. And it really seemed like a weird anomaly even at that time. Well, there's a 43 page paper, which I have put a link to in the show notes if you want to read it. But the quotes from it that are notable say by mapping the blockchains of Bitcoin and Tether, we're able to establish that one large player on Bitfinex uses Tether to purchase large amounts of Bitcoin when prices are falling and following the printing of Tether. Such price supporting activities are successful as Bitcoin prices rise following the periods of intervention. And they believe that this one large player is associated with more than half of the exchange of Tether for Bitcoin at Bitfinex. So, you know, that's at least this research paper has come to this particular conclusion. There's others that beg to differ. Well, there's, they're saying here that executives of Bitfinex and Tether engaged in a series of conflicted corporate transactions whereby Bitfinex gave itself access to up to 900 million of Tether's cash reserves, which Tether for years repeatedly told investors that it was fully backed. By, they backed the Tether currency one to one. So there, this article right, Newsweek, is actually saying that uh, executives at Bitfinex and Tether were doing this. Now, that's interesting. Remember, we we interviewed William Quigley, who was one of the creators and original founders of Tether, just last week at World Crypticon. And he had some really interesting thoughts. I don't think he's in the day-to-day operations of Tether now, but it's interesting how Bitfinex has just been able to sort of generate or just create sort of like fiat currency like that. Tether seemed to just get created out of thin air sometimes. Well, there are those who beg to differ with this uh, conclusion of the researchers that made this report. William Suberg on Cointelegraph gives three reasons why one trader did manipulate the Bitcoin price. He quotes Jeremy Allaire, the uh, CEO of Circle, and he says that there's no logic to this. Uh, Quote, exchanges use omnibus wallets that pool all customer balances and transactions on and off the exchange. So an analysis that shows that a, quote, single wallet was involved in flows from Bitfinex to other exchanges is meaningless. All it shows is that traders were trading. So that's, you know, one person's opinion here. Well, and then again, so if one market is going up now, the the various different exchanges aren't connected. Right. So it's not like the Wall Street, you know, it's not like Wall Street where those all those exchanges are sort of connected to one another. And one the price you get here is the same price you're going to get over at another exchange. It's not like that in crypto. And so that's why it would be interesting if only Bitfinex price was going up and the other ones weren't seeing that same sort of action that was happening only on Bitfinex, doesn't that give a key indication that maybe that's bogus? I like what you just said there. It's not like that in crypto. That's like a quote. Like no matter what people say about, you know, fiat currency or the stock market, just like it's not like that with crypto. Okay. Bruce Fenton uh, also criticized the technical proficiency of the data. He said, the entire premise seems to misunderstand how markets and stable coins work, calling the research Bad science. Uh, so, but there was a lot of weird stuff going on with Tether. Like Tether was just being generated and people were going, why is Tether? So there was some, I don't know what was going on, but it, it, it seemed like something was going on. And they're saying that the Tether wasn't backed by stuff. I mean, I don't know if it was fake news or not, but I mean, I've not gone in and we've not done an audit on Bitfenex. We've not done an audit on Tether. I don't know any of that, but I remember about a year or so, maybe a year and a half ago, they were, that was when the rumblings of Tether doing some fraudulent stuff was popping up. So, 
I, I think there's a lot of people, including us out there, that if and when a story does break about a tether scandal, that none of us are going to be surprised, right? Or be like, oh my gosh, we've been you know talking that this is kind of shady for quite some time, and oh, look at that, there's a big scandal, and a lot of people lost a lot of money. I don't know that for sure. It's just not going to surprise anybody if and when that happens. Yeah. That's why it seems to me like, you know, a stable coin backed by a Fort Knox load of gold, right? That was something that would make sense to me because, you know, all right, here, here's how much those are worth and et cetera, et cetera. They, fiat currency where they just print it out like what? Oh, it's backed by Tether. But guess what? They just printed out 600 billion fiat dollars yesterday. Like, so now... Like how many tethers are going to have it? It just seems weird. I don't know. It's connected in some ways. In some ways, it seems like it's not. But stable coins, we're not able to audit those stable coins to see if they're backed one-to-one with any kind of currency at all. So it's all faith still because we don't see it. Can't smell it. We can't taste it. Tastes like chicken. Does it? It does. Now I'm hungry. Right. <laughs> We've talked about hamburgers. We've talked about chicken. I don't know what other food references. Burrito burrito speaking of a another word that starts with b like burrito billy bambro he uh, he writes for forbes how's that for a segue wow okay he's reporting on a something that's happening with bitmex apparently the exchange was heckified and their twitter account was also compromised thousands of its users emails were exposed and that's a that's a bad thing. I guess what they oh they weren't hacked. I'm sorry. Correction. What they did is they sent out an email to their users, and they didn't BCC them. They CC'd them publicly. I mean, yeah. never CC a group of people unless it's a small group, right? They, you're working on a project together or something. But these people who send out emails and they don't blind copy. A hundred people. Dude, like, why wouldn't you have that going through like MailChimp or through like your mail server? Why are you going to go and highlight all of them and put them on the CC list? That just, somebody doesn't know what the hell they're, see, you know what? That goes back to the premise, Mr. Joe Common. We started this thing. We said, look, you and I got a lot of experience in marketing and we don't know a lot about blockchain yet, but we can tell that these blockchain people don't know shit about marketing. Like BitMax is a big exchange. And if they're putting you know, their emails in a CC in an email and they're not using something like some sort of mail server, you know, like, hello, are you serious? Man, that would be a nice email to send them all an email there. Hey, CC. Hey, thanks, BitMax. Hey, listen to Bad Crypto. Tell a friend. Well, imagine if you're (laughs) got your cryptos on BitMax and their Twitter account was hacked and two, two tweets went out that were both deleted quickly, but the Internet never forgets. The first tweet read hacked. And the second one said, take your Bitcoin and run last day for withdrawals. And so people obviously, you know, freaked out. Don't keep your cryptos on exchanges, people. Don't do it. Get them off exchanges. Hold the keys. Get them in some sort of wallet, whether it's a, you know, a cold storage, whether it's a paper wallet, you know, stick it on a Trezor or a ledger uh, or coin wallet, any anywhere, but keeping it on the exchanges. The only reason, the only reason you should keep cryptos on an exchange is because you're an active trader and you need them there in order to trade them. I tell you what, Mr. Joe Kahn, you're scaring me with all your words. You're so violent and intense right now. Kind of turned on. I, <laughs> Mike, 
go go back to wherever it was. Hey, I, I like to store my cryptos. I, I got it in my gold tooth. So if somebody can actually get that, it's got a QR code on the back. By the way, you crack me up. I listened again I, at the end of uh, one of our previous episodes. They played the bit that you did at the <laughs> World Crypto Poker Tournament as though Mike Tyson was welcoming people to his mansion. So funny. Thank you, sir. You know, what was really what I thought was funny was when the way when they played it, you couldn't necessarily hear it uh, because it was, the room was so loud. But there were some areas where people could totally hear it and you could hear them laughing. And then several people went to Adam Williams and asked how, how Mike, how he got actually Mike Tyson to do <laughs> an audio for them. That made me laugh. That, <laughs> that is funny. <laughs> So here's an interesting story on Bloomberg. There has been talks just about from the time we started doing the show that Starbucks is going to start accepting crypto, right? That you'll be able to pay for your mochaccina, grande, latte, mochi, frizzella thing, whatever kind mm-hmm. of garbage people. Man, you must drink. go there a lot. You have that lingo down. I, I don't know. I Listen, small, medium, large, right? They hit me with this grande and vente and whatever the other it's so ridiculous it's so to rage about that though it's i'm gonna rage it's so pretentious yeah i want a a vente just say a freaking medium okay we don't call them that there it's a it's a vente i don't know i'm new to this whole coffee thing i started drinking that bulletproof coffee and that's all i really know about coffee i've not actually ever had a coffee from starbucks i have had like a green tea or one of their lemonade things there it's pretty good i don't drink the stuff I, uh, I, it's like to me, just putting caffeine in my body seems to be needless. I have enough energy on my own. Anyhow, well, as long as you're keeping those mitochondrias fueled up, you'll have that good energy. Uh, I'm just keeping my metachlorians fueled up. You don't have very many of those. I can tell you don't know. I'm very low. Jedi. I'm Jedi ish. You're not. Yes, yeah, so so the news here are basically the news is again Luke, seems like for the last two years I Jen, am your crypto Starbucks. You're gonna be able you use crypto to buy Starbucks. Yay. Yeah, but for for now for real. So the Intercontinental Let's, Exchange mm-hmm. said on Monday that they will begin testing their consumer app for digital assets with their partner Starbucks in the mm-hmm. first half of 2020. So it's going to happen. I mean, this is why. Uh, from the moment I discovered and understood Bitcoin and crypto till today where my confidence has grown, that there's no turning back on this. Digital currency is the future of money. I'm all in on that notion right there. What it looks like as far as you know the prices and which ones are going to succeed and which ones are going to fail, I my crystal ball doesn't work quite as well there. I can make some educated guesses, but it's here to stay, baby. And like us, we're here to stay. You're stuck with us. They are? Yep. Actually, they don't have to listen to us. No, they don't. But but they like to because we make them laugh snort. They go, That's good. <laughs> that's good. Because guys, as long as you don't actually like spew liquid through your nose holes, yeah. that's not good. We don't want to make that happen to anybody. No, if no that sn- happens, yeah. no you snot. can sue Mr. Joel Com. It's, it's all his fault. Wipe your nose. Problem. Wipe your nose. That's true. Quit dribbling. So David Marcus, the head of Calibra, Facebook's digital wallet was in Las Vegas the same time we were, Travis. He went mm-hmm. to Money 2020, which, you know, we discussed how Money 2020 is not the future of money. You actually wrote an article on that. Where, where did that article, where, was it on the Grit Daily? 
that article is on Grit Daily. We will put that in the show notes for y'all to talk about. But basically, I'll, I'll just kind of give a quick summary. You know, we had Money 2020 that was happening at the uh, Venetian and the Palazzo Hotel. Is that how you pronounce it? Palazzo. Hey. That's how you pronounce it? Have a, some of the fettuccine at the Palazzo. Anyway, or is it Palazzo? I don't know. Anyway, the Money 2020 conference is a big, big event, you know, and it attracted people that are big into finance, the banks, the PayPals of the world, which is only one, um, you know, the card companies like MasterCard and Visa and the big banks are there anyway. Uh, David Marcus was there. And on the expo floor, there was hardly any crypto representation. And all I saw were new ways of doing old things, right? It was about putting band-aids on the broken system so it wasn't quite so broken. But really, the future of money was down the street at Vegas Blockchain Week and World Crypticon and the ancillary events. Yeah, you know what? Here's 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 the way we used to do it. Let's put a band-aid on it and try to keep doing it that way with some little new some new pizzazz. And actually the people who are actually reinventing the future of money are down the street and it didn't look to me like too many of those people actually stayed around for World Crypticon or, you know, the Coin Agenda or the Litecoin Foundation or any of those other events. They uh, they just seem to miss that. And they're in their bubble over there, and they know how they do things the way they like to do them. It's very profitable. It has been very profitable for them. And it's interesting that they're not actually paying attention to people who are disrupting their space. They should at least put an eyeball towards it. You know what I mean? So the G7 nations basically have put out there that no global stablecoin project should begin operation until all the legal, regulatory, and oversight challenges and risks are addressed. In other words, uh, you can, we don't want you to do anything until we can control it, right? Mm-hmm. That's, that's basically what they're saying. And uh, Marcus basically said that they're, they're planning on working with the existing regulatory institutions, apply protections to the digital world, not disrupt or undermine them. And of, of course, they're going to say the sound bites that uh, that are important. But there are definitely people out there now that think that Libra is never going to happen, that uh, that this is a big PR play and that Facebook is foolish for trying to build their own stablecoin. Well, you know, you know, think about this. And actually, it says something over here on, on the side over here on the on this article is Ray Dalio, a Bitcoiner. But the hedge fund manager says the system is broken and central banks attempts are futile. And that just really ties in with what we're talking about right here. The old guard, their central banking attempts are futile. Once people realize that they understand the decentralized nature of cryptocurrency and you realize we don't need these big brother banks. We don't need them like Look at that. We're in a we're in an 11 year system now with Bitcoin that Bitcoin has never been hacked. That system's going strong. There is definitely some manipulation stuff going on. It seems like on the price type of things. Right. Like over time, it's it's it is an unregulated market. I think there should be some maybe some regulations within the trading of cryptos. That way there's more consistency through the market. Because if you can have one whale that can go in and do stuff, that's scary. But we don't need to have them control the whole system. I would like to have there be some regulation or some systematic approach to normalizing the exchanges because it's, it is the wild, wild west out there with some of that stuff. Wild, wild west. It's true. The wild, wild west. By the way, uh, you know, just again to show how broken the old system is, I needed to wire you 
some funds from my business bank account just a couple days ago. And I just opened up that bank account. They charged me $35 for a stinking wire fee. Mm. Well, it's just, it's, it's absolutely insane. And I'm looking forward to the day that we get paid so in all crypto. It was almost as, it was almost as fast as Bitcoin though. It took a couple hours. It took, it looked, it seemed like from when you said to when I get, it was about, about, probably about a hundred minutes. It seemed like. Okay. Well, that's almost two hours. Yeah. Yeah. About about an hour and a half. But, to but two it's hours. the fee. It's the $35 fee. Right. That, that gets me. There's just, there's no, and by the way, that fee isn't scaling. That fee is going to be the same fee, whether you're sending a hundred dollars wire to somebody or a hundred thousand mm. dollars. It's the same. It, yeah. There's, there's no scaling to it. So it does suck. Broken system, it needs to go away. And that's how that remittance thing, right? You know, that we talked about one of our sponsors, Divi, actually helps solve that because a lot of people, you know, maybe even in Latin America or they'll be here in America and they're sending money back home and they're sending it Western Union or they're sending a wire or they're doing whatever. And those banks are taking a big chunk of that money that's what could go back to their families to help them out. Mm-hmm. Yep. Big changes are coming. So Kim.com in the news, we were actually supposed to interview him and he wasn't feeling well at the time. So hopefully we'll get to do that soon in the future. But, you know, Kim was the founder of Mega Upload, which is a big file sharing site that got shut down in 2012 for violating piracy laws by the mm-hmm. US DOJ. Well, and then he just set up another company called it Mega, did it again. Mm-hmm. And then now he's now I know about a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago. We were we saw he was on the news where he was going to create a social platform for the people by the people. I remember reading that. Is he doing something along those lines now? Right. So the project is K.im. See it, Kim. And it's a blockchain based content monetization network that provides a comprehensive suite of advanced services and technologies to manage, protect and sell every digital content. Well, Kim was going to do an IEO with Bitfinex. And like the day before it was scheduled to go off, they mutually agreed to part ways, citing regulatory environment and risks associated with raising funds. So I'm not sure what he's going to do now, but they're not going forward with the IEO at Bitfinex. Well, didn't we just have Bitfinex in the news for other some things going on earlier? So maybe Bitfinex is having some problems and Kim.com kind of brings its own sort of scenario with him that maybe bitfinex doesn't want that heat but it doesn't mean that maybe they he won't go to another exchange and do something it doesn't mean that I, he doesn't seem like the kind of guy to just go oh well never mind no i mean yeah. he, he's yeah, he's gonna get it he's gonna get it done way one way or another hopefully kim you can come on the show here soon and talk about uh, fighting extradition while living in uh, new zealand we'd, we'd like to hear all about that and maintenant, Monsieur Travis Wright, there is a story out of France. <laughs> it turns out that they are going to teach the high school students about the, the Bitcoins and the cryptos. This is good. Teach the teach your children well. I love that. You love this story, teaching everybody about the French. Yeah. Yeah, French crypto. So the French Ministry of National Education, otherwise known as the FMNE, Amended its study plan to incorporate the world's largest cryptocurrencies. French educators are expected to teach an introductory course that will assist students in understanding the impact Bitcoin has on the French and global economies, part of their curriculum. And we should be doing that as well. Well, listen to this. This is cool. The the ministry further provides teachers with these three educational explainer videos that address these questions. 
Is Bitcoin the currency of the future? That's an interesting video. Mm-hmm. Can Bitcoin replace the euro? And finally, do you have trust in your currency? You know what, Mr. Joe Com? They don't even teach about currency in the U.S. school systems. Like hearing the term fiat currency or hearing about you know um, you know the way that, that 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 inflation works and the way that the 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 rule of of seventy two and compounding interest and all this other stuff. Like that's not stuff they teach you in school. Like things they really need that you need to know to be like a functional adult. They don't teach you that stuff to you. Nope, they do not. So good to see that that's happening. In France, they will learn about the Bitcoins, and perhaps one day they will mine the bad coin. (laughs) Très bien. Uh, I want to make a transition, say, speaking of a Frenchy French, but he's not. He's Roger Ver. Speaking of a Japanese guy? There's absolutely no segue there other than to say he's making a bit of a prediction. And he's doing something kind of interesting. So he went on Facebook this week, and he announced that he is giving away Bitcoin cash to further spread the adoption of Bcash. He's going to give $5 worth of BCH to all of his Facebook friends. And if they're not already his friends, he will send you $1 in, in Bcash. And this is where he made the prediction. He said that $5 could easily become worth $5,000 someday. Very interesting. As of the current price right now, BCH is about 290 bucks. So, yeah. yeah. He, are, are, we friends, are we friends of Roger? He was on episode 21. I don't think we're our friends, but you know what? It's been a long time. We really should have him back just so I could say Bcash to his face again. Yeah, remember that one video when he flipped that dude off and rage quit? That was awesome. That was pretty awesome. Did you know that he is no longer the CEO at Bitcoin.com? I did not know that. He is not. In August, they appointed Stefan Rust as the new CEO and Roger left. We missed that piece of news. Uh, But I still stand by what we've said for a long time that Bcash using the Bitcoin.com website and at Bitcoin Twitter handle makes for confusion to the general public about what Bitcoin is. I think I still think it's it's a low way to go about it, even though they go, no, Bcash is the real Bitcoin. Like, no. It's not. That's not the consensus by everyone in the world. That's what you and other few people think. But it does it does muddy the waters, which I think is challenging. Speaking of Bitcoin.com, here's another article from news.bitcoin.com. <laughs> Satoshi Nakamoto, Jorg <laughs> Molto, the dude who crashed World CryptoCon, is <laughs> emerges with great hair and questionable claims. Wow, we had the chance to meet this guy, and we just assumed he was supposed to be there. <laughs> yeah, but you know, this article—I don't know if you read this piece or not—but it's it kind of go. It talks about what happened when Ken Bosak called him mm-hmm. out at the conference, and and look, that's not my style. It's it might be your style. I don't know, but you know, this is who um, Bosak is and he called him out and it got widely shared. Hopefully you guys have had a chance to see that. If not, go back to show notes from a couple episodes ago and you'll, you'll see about that. Uh, but this particular article is pure editorializing. I mean, he basically is just slamming, uh, Bosak for doing what he did and calling him names. And, uh, it's just, you know, like just report the damn news, right? This is news.bitcoin.com. 
And the, the writer of this piece, Graham Smith, just used it as an opportunity to editorialize. And like, can we not, under the banner of news, just talk about who, what, when, where, why, and how without having to give our opinion? And if it's going to be a, um, you know, a, a piece that it's an opinion piece, then let's clearly label it as an opinion piece. I, I swear journalism is just such a dying art. And here we are giving our opinion on the news. Yeah, but we're not journalists. We don't claim to be journalists. I, have you ever said that you're a journalist? Well, you know, I, I have been a journalist. I yeah, work for, for Venture Beat and stuff. Not this particular we, space. We we're podcasters. Are, we're commentators. We're commentators. It, it, it's, yeah. it's a big difference between, you know, and even all the major news networks, right? There is news that is positioned as we, you know, the, the talking heads that are there mm-hmm. to provide news. And then there's commentators. You know, if you're on MSNBC, it's it's Rachel Maddow. If you're watching Fox, it's Tucker Carlson, right? If you're on CNN, well, nobody watches CNN, so I don't even know who it is. But they have commentators and people don't understand the difference between hard news, what is actual they're attempting to provide facts and information. And what is somebody's opinion? Opinion is not news. This is this show is not news. This is opinion. Right. You might be a commentator, Mr. Joe Khan, but I'm an uncommon potato. <laughs> you are a potato. <laughs> so we have a bunch of stories in the show notes about Jorg Molt and the latest in this uh, continuing saga. If you'll go to badco.in forward slash 331, you'll see these in here, which include a link to his bio. I mean, the dude has a, a very colored history for sure in a video that he did with our friends at wild west crypto show he said he provided proof that he owned a half a million bitcoin uh but i don't you know i I don't know that he actually did and it's just it's a hot mess Mm, i have half a million satoshis i have half a million bad coin Mm, i don't want to brag about my half a million satoshis but uh that's, that would not even be, what, a tenth of a bit? That would not even be a, a hundredth of a Bitcoin. Not well, quite. Well, then. Uh, half of one hundredth of a Bitcoin. So a photo surfaced of Andreas Antonopoulos next to Jorg Molt. And, Andre, and um, Bosak posted it on Twitter. And Andreas replied with, I had no idea who this person was when the photo was taken. I take thousands of photos with people, have no affiliation with anyone. Apparently, Jord claims we are friends. That is a lie. I don't know him at all. So, you know, a little bit of BS goes a long way, I suppose. Yeah, it's crazy. So, oh, the guy's got his Twitter handle back. He's now Jord Mol. Yeah, there he is. He's uh, Jorg Molt. Bitcoin. It says Bitcoin co-founder. Yeah. Book author, the generation Bitcoin founder, Satoshi School. Jorg Molt. So he's he is doubling down on his uh, claim. He is Bitcoin's co-founder. Apparently, uh, he's also following me. <laughs> so if you go to his Twitter profile, this is really him. Okay, I don't know if this is really him. He's got a picture of uh, Princess Leia as the header for his well joined december 2016 yeah it says february 2019 when joined are we looking at the yorg underscore malt um the one i'm seeing is just yorg malt without an underscore so put an underscore in between there so apparently there's yeah this guy's bs okay so i've just been rickrolled uh by the the fake account 
right here for Jorg Maltz. So we're going to go look at the other one with an under- put an underscore in there. I kind of like the Princess Leia header, though. That is good. That is good. Okay. I'm, I am replacing with an underscore, and it says this account doesn't exist. So maybe I'm just Twittering bad. J-O-E-R-G. Underscore Malt. Okay, J-O-E-R-G, there he is. J-O-E-R-G, yeah. Yep, there he is. Satoshi School. So fake Yorg Malt is following me. Real Yorg Malt is not. Um, but he is tweeting again. And there you go. Oh, well, there's some drama for us all. And uh, he somehow made it up on stage as one of the judges at Tokentech. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. The continuing saga. Well, it does it is. continue. So so there you go. Uh, this well, is an interesting story, Mr. Travis Wright. Out of mm-hmm. Illinois, a guy won the Illinois State Lottery. He won half a million dollars, and he claimed to put half his payout into Bitcoin with the intention to hold it for at least a year. Mm. Well, he says he did this, then put half of it into Bitcoin in May. Remind me in eight months if I effed up. So the check is dated back to April 15, uh, April 19th of 2019. Bitcoin was around 5,200. Mm-hmm. Since then, it's it went up way higher than that. It made it all the way up to 13,000. Now it's at about 9,100. So he still made a decent profit on that so far. Yeah, good for him. And, and I have information now, Travis, on what happened with Tezos, because you mentioned earlier in the show that mm-hmm. it had a huge spike. Uh, basically, Coinbase announced that it made Tezos staking service available to all eligible U.S. users on Coinbase. Oh, I see. That is what caused Tezos to to jump. Mm -hmm. I mean, Coinbase is big, man. When they make an announcement, they they have the ability to to, uh, move markets. You know who else is big? I'm afraid you're going to tell me. eToro is big. (laughs) So make sure you get your $25 worth of free Bitcoin badco.in forward slash eToro. I want to throw that in there. You did throw that in there. And I guess I guess we've got uh, two quick references to eToro that we can just talk about them now mm-hmm. because you uh, you wanted to discuss that now. So true. let's go ahead and do that. Apparently, uh, Maddie Greenspan, who was previously on the show, gave a talk at the Litecoin Summit. And it, the video is linked in the show notes at badco.in forward slash 331 if you want to hear uh, the updates of what Maddie has to say. And uh, but the the one that really interests me, no offense to you, Maddie, which, by the way, we did finally get to meet in person. I saw, you know, we saw Maddie briefly at the uh, Litecoin Summit is eToro is going all in. They hired Alec Baldwin, the actor, to uh, to do a commercial for them. And it's really entertaining. Like whatever you think of Alec Baldwin doesn't matter. It's a funny commercial. It's true. I laughed. My son showed it to me. And um, it's it's campy. It's sarcastic. It's one of those funny sort of like, remember that Kmart ship my pants? I just ship my pants. <laughs> yes. yeah. Funny commercial. This eToro commercials is pretty funny, too. I wouldn't call it ship my pants funny, but it was pretty good. It, it's all about their new copy trader feature, mm-hmm. which, by yeah, the yeah. way, uh, I am using now. So I bought some Litecoin early on when we started our friendly competition. And I was like, you know what? Uh, Litecoin's down. I want to see if I can trust this part of my portfolio with one of their copy traders. And I actually looked at the various copy traders, saw who was popular, looked at the returns they have. And and I divided that um, the proceeds from that loss 
with these two copy traders now on eToro. So we'll see if they bring me a profit or not. Okay. Tessa, I'm not doing any copy traders right now, but um, we'll, we'll see what happens. If you do well, I'll copy you. Okay. Okay. Let me me what you do. Since I'm up ahead of you $10, I'm just going to copy exactly what you're doing. So I'll always just be just a little <laughs> bit ahead of you. <laughs> Damn it. That's not fair. Uh, last story to discussify here today is Genesis Mining did a survey asking the U.S. public what they believe the dollar is backed by. And 30% of the people surveyed say that the dollar is still backed by gold. 30% say the government backs it, 7% said nothing, almost 6% said bonds, 4% said oil, and 23.5% said no idea. And 3% thought it said uh, the U.S. dollar was backed by God. Well, in God, in God we trust. It's true. But it's not backed by gold, and look at so many people think that that's the case. Now, what the real? What is the twenty? Almost twenty four percent. They have no idea. Twenty nine percent think it's backed by gold, as you mentioned. Thirty percent say the government back it, which is technically true, but it's really the faith and promise of the U.S. government, which is really nothing. So thirty seven percent of it got it pretty correct, where it says that really nothing. But that's kind of crazy to think that over you know sixty sixty three percent of the people. Or have no idea how the dollar's backed or what, yeah. what backs the dollars. Nobody, 60 plus percent of the population has no clue. You could say that the government backs it, but, you know, they had this issue in Cyprus where the government was backing their currency. And overnight, basically, the government bailed out the banks because they had some serious economic crisis there and said, OK, so in order for the banks to continue operating, Whatever you had there is now worth half that. So basically, 50% of their money was just gone because the government was backing the banks. Yeah, so this is it. You say that um, the U.S. dollars are backed by the full faith and credit of the U.S. government. That's what they say. And notice on the dollars it says this debt backed by blah, blah, blah. This is not a credit. This is debt. So basically, each one of those dollars is not actually an asset. It is debt. It is essentially tokenized debt is what it is, in my opinion. And it's not an asset. So if you're stacking fat stacks of dollar bills, those are really just little tender, legal tender notes of debt that can be traded, which is worthless. All right, Mr. Travis Wright, I got one more story just because as we were looking at this last one, I saw something that looked interesting. And the headline from BeInCrypto.com is Twitter isn't buying a Bruce Willis Bitcoin story. I'm thinking, wait, did Bruce Willis have a story? Here's the story. So Bobby Lee, who will soon be on the show and we can corroborate this with him, says that on a flight from L.A. to Shanghai, Bruce Willis sat next to him. And they started talking about Bitcoin and crypto and everything. And Bobby Lee tweeted out that, and there's a picture of Bruce Willis. It doesn't show him sitting with him. It's not like a selfie. But he says they talked about Bitcoin and he gave Bruce Willis two gold-plated physical ballet wallets. That's the new crypto wallet that uh, that Bobby Lee is um, promoting now with 0.01 Bitcoin each on them. But 
we don't know if that really happened. People on Twitter are saying it, you know, there's zero percent chance that this happened because if it really happened, why isn't there a good photo of the two of them together? Right. He said, yeah, <laughs> yeah people are busting their balls right there. And it's a blurry photo. It doesn't look like Willis knew, knew that he was getting his photo taken. And here he is bringing up, hey, check out my wallet, my ballet wallet. Like, it does kind of seem, I'm, I'm actually kind of skeptical about this now that I'm reading the story. Yeah, here's another one. If I sat on a, on a flight next to someone for hours, talked about some random nerdy internet money, and they gave me a metal plate that said it's worth $80, uh, I'd be pretty upset if they posted that photo of me. <laughs> it's a pretty bad photo. I don't know what the yeah. shirt that Bruce is wearing there, but I yeah. like Bruce Willis a lot. I think he's uh, I remember when he first came on the scene in Moonlighting with Sybil Shepherd and was totally addicted to that show. His He was uh, hilarious then. Oh he my was God. really good. And I loved him in uh, 12 Monkeys, which is one of my favorite sci-fi films and Unbreakable M Night Shyamalan Ding Dongs film was fantastic Dude, i have fallen asleep every time i try to watch that movie i've tried to watch that movie three times every time i fall asleep well you need your rest apparently because it's a great film <laughs> is it a great film it, is. it was like i was good for about 45 minutes no man it's a it's a great freaking film uh anyway we got a couple new reviews that popped up on facebook Uh oh yep. oh no 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 what they say this time they said these guys suck Uh, No, Lisa wrote simply awesome, amusing, informative and fun podcast that has taught many so much over the last few years. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. And uh, Michael wrote, love the show and their interaction with one another. Great guests as well. I'm learning a great deal from them. Stay bad. And if you guys want to review us, we appreciate that. You can go to iTunes or Facebook or wherever your podcast player allows you to make the reviews. And, of course, subscribing is the thing that moves the needle. If you want to know how to move the needle subscribe click the button uh go to your friends devices and subscribe them on behalf of bad crypto because that's what you would do as a citizen of the republic of bad cryptopia mm-hmm. yeah you really want your friends to 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 get a part of this and i'd actually you know what if you were a really good friend you would tell your friends about the sweet etoro deal that we have if they want to if you've ever wanted to get your friends signed up on crypto and get going they pay 50 bucks and then boom they're going to get 50 or get 25 dollars worth of additional bitcoin that is a 50 percent return on investment right there i'm not a financial advisor mr joe com that's just math and if you really 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 like your friends you'll tell them to listen to the show and to stay bad The Bad Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto, LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of Bitcoin's and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor.